Austin Found is sponsored by the LBJ Presidential Library. Listen to the library's new podcast, With the Bark Off, conversations from the LBJ Presidential Library. Candid and revealing episodes will be added each week. Subscribe for free in your preferred podcast app. Literally an institution in this town of digging up old photos, old stories, collections, everything you can imagine under the sun about this great city. Greasy spoons, dives, old clubs. If you love this city, you're going to love it even more. Real people, real stories, real places. This is the Austin Found Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. I'm J.B. Hager. And I'm Michael Barnes. Of the Austin American Statesman. And we're going to talk about East Avenue, which now is the not-so-attractive I-35, pretty much. Pretty much the most unattractive thing in town. <laughs> right. And the most feared one, too. The, yeah. one, the one place you don't want to be right, in this right. beautiful city is right. stuck on I-35. But at one time, East Avenue was a beautiful place where people congregated and hung right. out and it was right. almost park-like right yeah. it was the eastern boundary of the original city grid east and then there was west avenue on the western boundary to the east of it was farmland it was all laid out as large plots for gardens and, and farms that would feed the city but it became and, I, and i'm not actually sure how it became this wide, uh, known as La Calle Ancha, that had a big meridian between the traffic going either way. And that meridian became a place where there was a gazebo and people played touch football. It was beautiful. Mm. And it was a, a barrier in some ways, but also a point of contact and a point where different communities that lived along it could do business, could meet. It was a shared space. I mean, it was filled with shops and markets and churches and... And, and uh, colleges, multiple colleges. Yeah, what was, uh, what was Samuel Houston College? Well, we, when you think of Houston Tillotson University, mm -hmm. it was two different colleges. And one of them was there about at 12th Street. Actually, it was 12th Street. It was a beautiful old 19th century building. It was one of the historically black colleges, and it merged with the Tillotson Institute, which was up on a hill behind there. It was torn down, and when I moved, it was like a Safeway. And oh. Yeah. Yeah. And then that the Safeway building, the curved Safeway building. Yeah, Perez Hilton threw a party there one <laughs> South by. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you, oh my God. Do you remember that? I, I went to some of those Perez Hilton parties. They were, that was a different age. And also the Bickler School was across East Avenue then, and it was a, a German-run school. For a short period, what had been uh, East Avenue Baptist Church there at East First, now Cesar Chavez, where the IHOP is. That was a church where the IHOP was. There was wow. a church, and then it was briefly a, a college. And by the way, the IHOP's coming down soon. Oh, really, finally? That's, that's going to be developed, yeah. That's always been strange there. <laughs> it's an odd location. But to, to get really serious, you know, we are, are recording this at a time we're almost two weeks into nationwide protests mm -hmm. about not just 
police brutality, but uh, systemic racism and white supremacy. It's important to talk about the divisions and also important to talk about how people came together in the past in thinking about how racism has always been a part of our culture. As many people know, as most longtimers know, I-35 has been the barrier Mm -hmm. between East Austin and the rest of Austin and that people of color were consigned to the east side. And I-35 is a barrier, often a pedestrian. I I, I tried to think of anywhere where you can really uh, pleasantly cross underneath it or over Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. and safely. Even when I lived and was working here at the Statesman and lived on Garden Street, the one underpass that I would take was Holly Street. Mm -hmm. And and so it was a barrier between the races. Holly Street drops you into Rainy now. Right. Yeah. Right. And I would pass through Rainy, and there was a city maintenance facility where the Mexican-American Cultural Center is, the Barrientos Center. But before, East Avenue was a psychological barrier, and in some ways it was one that the white leadership of the city encouraged as a barrier by setting up the Negro District in 1928. It also was a place where different communities got together. The city market was there, and it was a concrete arch structure, which is hmm. where, the, ironically, the police headquarters is now. And there was the Market Cafe, which various people that I've interviewed worked at the Market Cafe, and it was just south of there. And then just south of that was El Matamoros, one of the original great Tex-Mex restaurants that mm. lasted for decades, and it was called El Mat by people, affectionately. We've had a point of contact there. We had it for many years, and people were very mournful about its passing because it, our Chinese-American community, our Lebanese-American community, they also set up businesses on the streets around East Avenue, it was kind of like our, in a way, our Ellis Island, or I don't want to, to draw on a, a false analogy, but it was a place where people actually did meet and were not in their separate spheres. It was more of a melting pot just more, along East Avenue. More of a melting pot. Huh. I can't tell you how well people got along, mm-hmm. but I can tell you that there was a mix of communities. This extended to Red River Street. Mm-hmm. It extended to parts of East 6th Street. Having interviewed scores and scores of, of old families, finding out how much there was contact during times of segregation. And the peak times of segregation was, just to remind you, 1928 to 1968. There was racism before, there's racism now, right. but that was a time when there was a formal separation mm-hmm. of the races. There were white neighborhoods on the east side south of cesar chavez was a white neighborhood north of uh, manor road was a white neighborhood there were definitely lebanese and chinese and latino communities there all along it connected like for instance rainy street was uh, for the longest time was a latino neighborhood the latino neighborhood on the east side and on the now west it's, side it's drunk millennials <laughs> I don't know. I don't go there very often. Um. Austin Found is brought to you by the LBJ Presidential Library. More info at lbjlibrary.org. 
you know, we may talk about it in a, in a future episode, but, uh, you know, I, I remember when they were, and I don't know the exact year, when they were proposing this, this very expensive boardwalk to go yeah. out over the water to mm-hmm. continue the trail underneath I-35 and connect east and west. And it's not like I had any crystal ball or anything. I just, I used the trail a lot and knew that everybody turned around at I-35. Right. You didn't go east. And they're, on the east side, was barely used. Barely used. Barely used by even the locals over there. And so as a a runner and everything, I go, one, it's going to be great to do a 10-mile continuous loop, selfishly. (laughs) But I remember on the radio going, wait a minute you don't realize how significant yeah. that boardwalk is going to be to connecting east and west because mm-hmm. there as you said you only went through holly, or, uh, holly street to walk right. under it's proven to be true i think that it's, that has been pivotal and pivotal it's, it's, of uh, connecting the both it has been pivotal in connecting the boat the two sides um some will see that as a, a hopeful symbol others see it as an invitation to more gentrification yeah. of the east side. I, I think that the whole plan to sink I-35, which is not dead yet, mm-hmm. you know, through the downtown portion and to have it be essentially underground, it, it's still a live proposal. If that happens, it will be transformative. You could be very significant in, in, <laughs> in, in, in uh, pushing for that because some of the renderings I have seen, if they mm-hmm. drop I- I-35 down, have parks it just right like the the median you were describing Absolutely. earlier it's like if it was east avenue park right across there and people could freely bike and walk over i-35 right and to take it back to a time and, and I, you know everybody's thinking about that now because all these central city neighborhoods are now being used like they were when they were built the people who are driving in my neighborhood i'm in Boulder, you're in travis heights the people who are driving now are like, hey, what are people doing in the middle of the street? These streets were not designed for cars. Mm. They were designed for people, horses, wagons, you know, carriages, but they were not designed for cars. Mm. That's one of the reasons why it's so hard for us to get around on them. Right. So, yeah, if we could take 35 back to the beauty of East Avenue as a park-like setting, then I think that would be one of the great accomplishments of, of the 21st century in Austin. Well put. We'll end on that note. Although I did look on a map and I did see that there is still a There's little a East Avenue Street, just a little bit by uh, right by the Holiday Inn. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that, no, that's neat. There's that, um, that property right there on the corner is, has been for sale for some time, but uh, I was like, "There's a little remnant of East Avenue." It is. It is. It's there. Uh, we do want you to write to us. In fact, uh, I'm going to reference something that uh, you're more familiar with. We got a shout out on Twitter that caught my attention. Wise about Texas. Wise about Texas. They uh, mentioned Out and About, which is your Twitter handle, and J.B. Hager. Get the mention on the latest episode of Wide About Texas. Check it out here. And that was an episode about Kenneth Threadgill, but he did give some love to this podcast. It's an excellent podcast. It's done by Judge Wise in Houston. He does a very good job, beautiful website, very informative podcast. I contacted him and praised it, and I also asked him to sit for an interview at some point when we mm-hmm. can do that. It turns out we went to the same high school, strict Jesuit in Houston, decades apart. Yeah, well, at to connect him. Maybe we can have him on this show as yeah, well, absolutely. right? That would be great. I would love to. Uh, Wise about Texas, if you want to check that right. out. 
Uh, and send uh, any emails or comments to us at mbarnes, that's M-B-A-R-N-E-S, at statesman.com. Or jhager at statesman.com. And subscribe to Think Texas as well. You can subscribe by texting Think Texas to 33666. And that is all about Texas newsletter that you might enjoy. And pass this on to your friends. Post on socials. Give it some love. Let all your friends know that they can subscribe to Austin Found. Happy trails.